0: the Lord's Prayer. And um, I believe I've got something really important to share with us this morning. It's just an incredibly rich uh, passage of Scripture. And, And really as we come just to spend some time praying at the end, it's my prayer that actually God will use this to help us to pray powerfully and and, and, and I'm, I've been asking God to speak to us this week. I've been asking God that, we'll, that God would share things that are prophetic. And, and maybe just as we're speaking, actually, you, you might have one ear on me and, uh, and one ear on the Lord. And, and it might be that uh, God has some things to share, not just, not just through me, but, uh, but through different ones of us. So um, let me just pray and then we'll, then we'll kick off. So Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much that we have it thank you for its its richness thank you for its sufficiency thank you for its uh, it's just it's it's truth. thank you for what it does in our lives thank you it is powerful it doesn't return voice lord god we thank you that you give us your words lord god to direct us and lead us to yourself so i pray holy spirit will you come will you open the eyes of our hearts lord god and our understanding This morning, Lord, would you come and speak to us, Lord God? I don't much mind whether people hear me, Lord God, but let us hear Jesus, let us hear your words. Amen. 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 Um, The leadership guru, uh, John Maxwell. Who knows John Maxwell? A few. Okay, John Maxwell says this He says, Great leaders ask great questions. Yeah, that great leaders know how to ask great questions. He often tells the story of of a time years and years ago where a mutual friend uh, set him up on, I think it was a breakfast meeting, with a great hero of his, a guy called Coach John Wooden. Uh, If you know anything about basketball, you might know Coach Wooden. Uh, He's, well, the most successful NCAA basketball coach of all time, hands down. He's won everything there is to win dozens of times over, usually. He's even been called by some of the greatest coach of any sport of all time and it was an absolute thrill for for, for John Maxwell when he was much younger in his career wasn't quite so well known to just to spend an hour with this with this just this uh, this older guy this incredible genius in in the field of, of sports coaching and and he talks about how he turned up to this breakfast meeting with him literally with an A4 notepad full of pages and pages lines after lines of questions that he wanted to ask coach And he loves to tell the story of how that breakfast meeting turned into lunch and turned into the rest of the day. And they got to spend the day together and he was just soaking in all the wisdom and and just the the years of experience that, that this guy shared. And he talks about how even now, decades later, his career and his marriage and his life and how he leads and how he does business and everything else is still being shaped by some of the things that, that coach Wooden said to him on that day he's still you know that he's still reflecting on that stuff it's still shaping the way he does his life to this day wouldn't you love to spend an hour with one of the greats i don't know who you'd want to spend an hour with but you could just you just get just get an hour with a notepad and just listen and just and just soak up their wisdom or what about if you could spend an hour with jesus if you could spend an hour with the Son of God and just listen, what would you ask him? Do you know what? I reckon you could do a lot worse than what the disciples did one day when they sat him down. and They said, Lord, Rabbi, teach us to pray. Yeah? Because for disciples of Jesus... Prayer is our lifeblood, isn't it? It's, what, it's, it's the air we breathe in, in our relationship with him. It, it drives everything. If, if as a disciple you are thriving in a life of prayer, then you are thriving. Amen? It just, it, just in life, in everything. It doesn't necessarily mean everything's going to just work for you. Everything's going to go easy and swimmingly. But you will be thriving in every sphere of your life, won't you? That's what Jesus desires for us. And, and, and I love the fact that actually, in answer to uh, uh, Jesus's, uh, in answer to the disciples' request to teach them to pray, Jesus talked about prayer, this and, and on other examples at other times as well He very, very little actually spoke to them about what to pray. Have you ever noticed that? He spoke to them a lot about the kind of the, the mindset that we have as we come to pray. He talked about a lot of things. He talked about understanding the father heart of God, didn't he? He talked about perseverance in prayer. He talked about the importance of, of, of faith. He talked about praying with audacity. He talked, about, uh, he talked about the importance of forgiveness in our praying. He talked about uh, just, just how we, 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 we cultivate this, this private prayer life in the, in the secret place where nobody else knows. He talked loads about those things. Have you ever noticed he didn't speak very much about what to pray? And I wonder whether actually Jesus' wisdom, Jesus' teaching on what to pray was maybe kept deliberately small. You notice those lines of the Lord's Prayer? It's just a few lines, isn't it? You can, you can rattle it off in a few seconds if you wanted to. But these are, these are like densely packed dynamite. You know, we, we get these words and we get these, these prayer pointers that will actually give us the ability to completely transform our worlds and the world around us. So right in the middle of this, this kind of, of this, you know, real dense, densely packed wisdom, we get this incredible nugget of prayer. This is like the most explosive prayer you'll ever pray, and it says this your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and then he goes on and and, and invites us to pray for our personal needs he says "And, and give us today our daily bread like Andy was speaking about earlier on like what an amazing gift so I really want to focus in on just answering one question today okay I'm going to focus in on this first part if as disciples of Jesus, as followers of Jesus, we obey his instruction to pray this, what are we praying for? You know, if if, if this is the good stuff, right, in terms of, you know, this, this is the best, this is the, the, the kind of the central crown jewel of everything Jesus taught about prayer. And he says, guys, I'm not going to tell you to pray many things. I'm going to keep it dead simple. Pray this. If we follow his instruction, we pray, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, what is that? What we're expecting is going to happen. Well, in order to help explain this, I brought my camera this morning. this is my slightly aging now digital SLR. Um, now, on my camera here, I've got a couple of different lenses. Okay, First of all, I've got my wide-angle lens. This is actually not the widest of wide-angle lenses in the world, because um, they cost an absolute fortune. Uh, <laughs> but this is the widest that I go. And now, the purpose of this wide-angle lens is it's, is it's very big picture. It's very expansive. Okay. It, you can cram as much into the frame as you possibly can. So if I was to attach this to my camera now and point it towards the back of the room, I'm hoping that I would actually not just get what's in the back of the room, but I get everything out to the sides. I get Mark, I get Christine, I get Matt and Nat over here into Christine, and I kind of get the big picture in there. And in the same way, when we're praying, God, your kingdom come, actually, this is probably, well, no, this is the most expansive, the most big picture prayer it is possible to pray, because you are literally praying for God to fulfill, to accomplish his ultimate purpose in all of human history. Amen? <laughs> You're literally praying that he would, that he would fulfill everything, that, 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 that the purpose for which everything that he has done in the entire of human history has all been building towards. I'll explain a little bit more about that later. Okay? It's, 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 the, it's the most expansive prayer we can pray. It's like praying for world peace, but like a, a million times bigger. Okay? It's massive. The other lens I've got here on my camera is my zoom lens. Okay? So this has a completely different function. Rather than trying to cram as much in and be as big picture as possible, the the purpose of this one is to be as specific and and to zoom in as much as possible. So if I point this down towards the back of the room, I can't see out of the sides here. I can't see the tables and the banners. I can probably just about get the top of Matt's head in, okay? So you can see, actually, it's bringing something very specific, very personal. And in the same way, actually, when we pray, your kingdom come, we can pray in this way in order to bring God's kingdom, God's power to bear, often on very specific, very particular situations. And this is just so powerful. Uh, in, do you know what? I think if, if we get this, we'll never stop praying. If we, re- Ooh, hello. If we get this, we, this, this will be like the number one prayer tool in our arsenal. This is, will be what we go to. So, let's, let's just think about the big picture for a moment. Let's Let's zoom back out. What, what, is, what is the kingdom of God, anyway? If we're inviting God's kingdom to come, the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, Jesus used those term, two terms fairly interchangeably in the Bible. What is that? What are we asking for? Well, the kingdom, very simply, is the domain of the king, right? It's where the king's jurisdiction is, where his rule is. As to, to put it like Jesus did, where the king's rule or where his will is done. I suppose more accurately, we should say where his reign is, is fully realised. He's utterly sovereign, isn't he, in, in, in the whole universe. And yet, actually in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of heaven, his reign is fully actualized. When God, just going right back to the beginning for a moment, when God created heavens and earth, like it talks about in Genesis, actually we see these realms together, don't we? We see these realms together. We see that in the interactions God had with humankind, how God shared his life together with Adam and Eve. We call that Eden. And we see through God's word to them, his intention was that they would multiply, they would grow, they would fill the earth with the knowledge of God, with the kingdom of God. But something interrupted that, right? Our sin, our rejection of God, our sin against God pushed God's realm and our realm apart. It fractured our relationship. With God. Us in this fallen, material, broken world. God in his heavenly realm where his will is done. And so the big story of the Bible then, if you like, is, is God's plan of rescue through Jesus Christ. Coming as a human being. Dying on the cross, a death for us. Rising to life again so that we too could rise to life again. And that first of all, that actually we could, be, we could become part of his kingdom. We could be taken Out of the kingdom of darkness, Colossians says, into the kingdom of the Son of his love. But actually, it's so much more than that. It's not just about us being kind of snatched away out of the world to be with him forever. Actually, it's the story of the kingdom of God coming to bear on earth fully and ultimately. When Jesus started his ministry on earth, he he said things like this. He said things like, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. How, how could he say that? He could say that because the king had arrived, right? He was here. He began to say things like, the kingdom of God is among you. Why? Because, well, the kingdom was among them. Actually, as Jesus went around ministering to people's lives, as he went healing, as he went casting out demons, as he went forgiving, actually, he was bringing the kingdom of God into one community, one life, one family at a time. And he commissions his disciples to go into the world proclaiming the gospel of reconciliation, the gospel of repentance and forgiveness, casting out demons, healing the sick, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. In other words, making it more and more on earth as it is in heaven. And yet though the king had arrived, his kingdom hadn't been fully established right. That's why he invites us to pray, God, your kingdom come. The Bible promises that actually there is coming a time when this will be more fully established. Habakkuk 2.14 says the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as waters cover the sea. And so he commands us to pray. This is how Paul writes about it in Ephesians chapter 1. He speaks about this ultimate purpose of God, the destination of all things. From verse 9 he says, Making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, that's Jesus, things in heaven and things on earth. He says he's got a will, he's got a purpose, he's got a plan in the fullness of time to draw everything together, reconcile to him, things in heaven and on earth under the leadership of Jesus. You ever read the end of the Bible? You should read the end of the Bible if you haven't read the end of the Bible. Read the rest of it as well. But it's, it, it's where it's all going. It's a glorious conclusion. I love these verses uh, from the penultimate chapter verse 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from heaven, sorry, coming out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, "Behold, the dwelling place of God is with mankind." He will dwell with them, they will be his people. God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, behold, I am making all things new. God has a destination in mind. He has a purpose in mind. When we pray, Lord, your kingdom come, we're praying the most expansive prayer that it's possible to pray because we are praying for the advancement of his cause on earth. I also said, though, we can use this prayer to bring the kingdom of God to bear on some very specific, very detailed situations. Let's explore what I mean. Let's let's think, first of all, there's certain things that in our fallen earthly reality are just normal, right? Certain things are normal. So illness, unfortunately, is normal, right? It's kind, of, it's kind of around us everywhere. We expect it at certain points. Injustice, sadly, in our fallen world is normal, right? It's everywhere. It's prevalent. Addiction is kind of to be expected. Relationship breakdown is, is, is all too frequent. Corruption sadly, is, is, is in every society to some degree. Demonic strongholds in people's lives are very frequent. Crime is in every community. Discrimination, sadly, is, is everywhere. Actually, these things, are not they're not surprising. They're normal. But in the kingdom of heaven, where God's will is fully done, actually, life is lived in a very different reality, isn't it? Okay? In the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of heaven, sickness, well, there isn't any. Amen? Injustice, there isn't any. There is complete equality. There is this perfect gentleness and submission to one another out of reverence for Christ. There is harmony with others. There is justice. There is purity. There is love. That's just, that's just normal in the kingdom of heaven. And so we, when we pray, your kingdom come, we have the ability to invite God's kingdom to break in to our specific situations around us. Amen. And we're not denying the reality around us. It's not faith to go, "Oh, yeah, yeah, this sickness I'm 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 praying for. That's not real. I don't believe in it. I, you know, I'm in Jesus name. That's that's nothing." That's not faith. Okay, this is a real thing. We're not we're not denying. You know, that that person's relationship that's falling apart that you that you're praying for, that's actually that's real, right? The crime in this neighborhood, that's actual crime. We're not denying the reality. What we're saying is there is another reality. There is a heavenly reality. Which we can bring to bear on this world it's no less real so if I'm praying for someone's illness then actually I'm praying on the basis God your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven on the basis do you know what there is no illness there I'm asking for God's reality to be brought to bear on ours when I'm praying for someone who's battling with addiction I'm praying on the basis in heaven there is no sin There is is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I'm praying for God's will to be done here, just as it is more fully in heaven. This is an amazing thing. It's an amazing prayer to be able to pray. And it's an amazing authority that we have to pray it. If if, if you see yourself as a disciple of Jesus, then actually this changes everything. It changes how we pray. I think we need to go a little bit beyond that, actually, though. If you, if you see yourself as a citizen of heaven, which is what you are, right? Paul in, uh, in Philippians 3.20 says, our citizenship is in heaven. And actually, if you go a little bit beyond that and say, well, I'm, I'm not just a disciple. I'm not just a citizen of heaven. Actually, I'm an ambassador of this kingdom. I'm an ambassador of Christ. Paul, again, in 2 Corinthians 5.20, calls us ambassadors of Jesus. If we really understand this, if we really own this as our identity... Then actually, this changes how we respond to everything that goes along around us, doesn't it? And it changes how we pray about these things, because we have the authority and we have the ability through prayer to bring heaven to bear on what happens around us. So let's say let's say you're a you're a therapist and you're working with a person, and you know there's been great trauma in their life. There's there's, there's been great great difficulty in their history, and or maybe you, you sense, I don't know, maybe there's a demonic kind of attack working a stronghold in their life. Actually, you can pray for them. As you, as you just pray for your client behind the scenes, you're praying, Lord, on the basis that, 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 that there is complete freedom in heaven, on the basis that you bring complete liberty, I'm praying, Lord, your kingdom come. Lord, let your will be done in this person's life, in this person's situation, just as it is in heaven. It changes our response. It changes our attitude. Maybe you live in a particular neighborhood and it's yeah, it's always been a nice, quiet neighbourhood. And then suddenly, suddenly the culture changes. Suddenly you know that um, the that, 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 that drugs gangs from London, they've moved in. They're bringing new drugs into this particular area. Suddenly the youth culture is, is rife with, with, with this and, 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 and it's, it's completely changing. Young people are being exploited. What's your response to that as a citizen of heaven, as an ambassador of God? You're thinking, heck no, not on my watch, right? <laughs> You're saying, no, God... Bring your kingdom to bear on this situation. Lord, there is no crime in heaven. Lord, I'm praying. Lord, let your will be done here. We get to invite his presence. We get to invite his greater reality. Often I'll do this. If if I'm praying for someone who's not well, if I'm praying for someone who's sick or injured, before, I, just, before I, I speak to that thing in the name of Jesus and command the healings to come, often I'll just, I'll just welcome the Holy Spirit and I'll just invite the kingdom of God. So I'll say, Holy Spirit, we just welcome you here, Lord. Let your kingdom come right now. Your will be done right here in this situation and this person. Just inviting that context for the presence of God, the power of God to break in before we then speak straight directly into that situation. It's just a great way to pray as you're ushering in the kingdom and the rule of God. This earthly realm that we live in is not our home as citizens of heaven. Amen. This, this, the school gates where we see people every day, your workplace, the, uh, you know, the, the, the place that you volunteer to serve the poor, wherever it is, actually, that, that, that's not our home. That is our assignment. Amen. Our home is elsewhere. And when, we, when we really understand our identity as citizens and ambassadors of heaven, it changes how we respond because we know that we carry within us the power of God and the ability through prayer to bring this other kingdom to bear on earth. It's what Jesus went around doing and it's what he said to his disciples would do. Ambassadors are ones who are able to live in one world while our identity is in another. I... Um, a, few, a couple of years ago, um, I discovered through my dad that I am, uh, despite the fact I was born in England and I've always lived in England, I am in fact an Irish citizen. I never knew that before. Yes, here we go. Um, <laughs> because my dad was, was born in, in Ballymoney in Northern Ireland and, and because of, the, Northern I- uh, because of the, uh, the Good Friday Agreement, actually I, ha- I am and always have been an Irish citizen. I didn't know it, this is something that I recently discovered, but I am legally, to all intents and purposes, I am Irish. Okay. Now, to be fair, I, I love Ireland, I love going on holiday there, I, you know, I always have a, you know, a quiet cheer for the Irish rugby team if they're not playing England, but I've not particularly taken steps to, to embrace or to own my Irish identity. I haven't really. I don't particularly think like an Irish person. I don't follow Irish politics. I don't, I don't, kind of, I don't have an Irish sense of humour. I don't follow kind of Irish cultural norms. I've not really owned that identity. But I could do. That would be perfectly valid. That would be a perfectly valid journey for me to go on. That wouldn't be fake. That wouldn't be weird. Because I would just be stepping into something that is already true of me. Amen? Amen? I could do that. That's a journey that I could go on. Maybe one day I will. I could go and spend more time with Irish people. I could go and get an Irish passport. I could, I, I could, I could begin to think and 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 to and to joke and to and to be more Irish. I haven't chosen to, but I could do that. <laughs> now, actually, I, I believe for many of us, God would say, Do you know what? You need to own your identity as a citizen of heaven. Amen. This is who you are. It became true of you the day that you put your faith and your trust in the Lord Jesus. But actually, it's a bit of a journey. Now, if I, if I was to really try and own my Irish identity, that isn't something I could just click my fingers. I wouldn't just become culturally Irish overnight. That would be a journey that I go on. But actually, I believe it's a journey God wants to take us on. And particularly in prayer as we begin to respond as his people, as we begin to respond as his citizens, that we carry within us the kingdom and the power of God. And we carry within us the authority to come to our Father, like Andy was talking about a few weeks ago, to say, Father, in heaven. Let our prayers reach right into those heavenly places and bring the power and the authority of God to bear on the situations around us. We can do that. Okay, that's, a, that, that's, that's not, we're not just going to click our fingers and suddenly we're going to become mighty intercessors. But we do it little by little as we step out to change the world. As we pray into this situation, as we spend more time reading the word of God, as we spend maybe more time with our Christian brothers and sisters, we grow into this identity, as we begin to take risks, as we begin to pray for a particular one. As we begin to, as we discern, actually, do you know what Satan has had his hold on this situation here? It's more than just a natural circumstance. Actually, there's a demonic stronghold here. As we begin to step out and take the risk, using the authority we have, commanding that thing to go, do you know what? We grow in our identity. We grow, we become more and more like those we truly are. There's loads more I could say, but I'd love us just to, to, come, and, just to come before God again. Um, and I'd love us to pray as well. In a moment, what I'm going to do is invite us uh, to, to come and break bread together. And, um, and as we do that, r- often what we do is uh, we'll come and we'll kind of get into groups and pray and, and so on. And it'll be uh, quite informal. But what I want us to do in a moment is, is actually just to go and get some bread and some wine and, and just bring it back to where you are. Okay, don't 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 eat and drink just yet, because I'd, I'd love us just as a as a united people together this morning actually to take bread and take wine. If you're here as a guest and you're kind of thinking I'm not entirely sure what's going on here, this isn't something I normally do. That is absolutely all right. Do like feel free just to just to sit and watch. No one's kind of looking. No one's judging you. That is an entirely normal thing to do. Just to just to sit by and watch. But for those of you that are used to to breaking bread and you, you're following Jesus, then we're going to do that. And then actually, I want us to pray the Lord's prayer together and as we do that we're just going to use that as an opportunity to invite God's kingdom to come because I know we all have situations don't we we all have things in life we all have uh, just just things things around us in our families and our work where actually we would love to invite the power of God to bear on this situation Uh, And after that, we're just going to pray. I'm going to invite the presence of God to come. I'm not entirely sure, to be quite honest, where this is going to go. I'm I'm believing that God is going to heal some people this morning. I'm believing God is going to set some people free this morning. It might be that you feel like God's speaking, actually, and there's there's something that that you feel God would want to say to us that would just lead into us praying. If that's that's right, then then, uh, just come and have a quiet word with me or Mark. We'll kind of work it out as we go. Okay, I might get different ones praying for one another. We'll just kind of see what God wants to do, amen. Um, but first of all, shall we stand together? I'm just going to pray. We'll break bread. Father, we thank you for your kingdom. We thank you that it is coming in all of its fullness. And I thank you there will be a day, one day, Lord, when it will have come in all its fullness. And you will reign And there will be no sin, there will be no sickness, there will be no crying, there will be no injustice, Lord God, because your presence will be fully realised. And Lord, we we recognise that we have no right to have any part in that because of what we've done. But God, we come before you this morning and because of Jesus, we ask for your mercy. Because he died on the cross for us, because he stood in our place, we thank you that we can be saved, we can be washed we can be heirs of that kingdom. We can be citizens. We didn't deserve it, but you gave it to us as a gift. So we thank you for the body and the blood of your son, Jesus. We, we thankfully come and receive it today. And Lord, as we take this bread and this wine, Lord, we, we remember him and we just receive again that incredible grace. We thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus.